Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Dan Hansis of the Around the NFL podcast. On our latest episode, we talked about Nick Foles going uh, out of town in Los Angeles. Devin Hester exiting the picture. Way to go, Greg. And then we talk about some coaches whose butts are getting warm because they could be on the hot seat in 2016. I am not responsible for any release. Hope you're proud of yourself. Check out the Around the NFL podcast. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? James Kell here on the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. Full house as always. We got MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What's up? What's going on? Uh, the magical beard of fantasy, the franchise, Matt Franciscovich. What's going on? Hey, James. Uh, Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. What's going on? Excited to be two times a week now. Dude, oh, that's right. This is the inaugural two times a week. You know what's nice. so funny? My, my schedule this week has been so out of control. I didn't even. I, I totally forgot today was our second podcast. Of the week. I know. So it's you great. asked fans, we've answered, and uh, for those of you that want even more, we're going to be going three times a week. That during is this just wow. straight banana pants. Yep, <laughs> you're going to have more of us than you ever could have possibly imagined, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Uh, and we've got West Virginia's finest. We've got Matt Harmon on the podcast as well. What's up? Wow, uh, my my feelings are hurt for multiple reasons. Uh, you went into a whole complaint about your <laughs> schedule before even introducing me, and then you come back with the West Virginia. Uh, he has to build his narrative, man. He Brother, has to. Look, this is this is it's it's about me. Okay, typical. let's just let's. <laughs> typical. I don't know what happened. I feel like uh, Harmon ate several tablespoons of salt before he came in okay. because he's been on one. This oh, my gosh. gosh. Listen, he's this fired. Po- I podcast is going to be flames because today. Because the season, is, up. the season is approaching, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, the football is going to be back soon. Wait, what? Yeah, by the way. Uh, it's coming back. And I've been training my body to get like four or five hours of sleep because that's just what's going to happen anyways. Okay. But last night I magically uh, slipped into six. So I'm feeling a little bit better this morning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Damn. Look Get excited! Out. Look out, everybody! <laughs> Holy hell! What is going on? Um, got a lot of things to promote here, but uh, we got a great show in front of us here today. Uh, we're gonna do a quick uh, twelve-team. We did a twelve-team mock on Monday. Yep. Was it? It seems like ages. I know it's yeah. crazy. I was like, when did we do this? <laughs> like, oh, oh, it was four God. days ago. So four days. Twelve-team mock draft. Uh, we're gonna do a quick recap. Give you some highlights of that. We're gonna talk about some training camp battles to watch for uh, because we are in full swing in regards to training camp. Oh, by the way. 
Wait a second. We uh, also on the rundown here. We have something called a Gelhar surprise segment. Yeah. We're gonna get to that. Uh, we, I literally, literally have terrifying. no idea. No, I on the rundown. They can all attest. I just put a bunch of asterisks and, and then it says Gelhar surprise segment segment, and underneath explaining the segment, it's just about twelve question marks. Can I take like some meta level guesses at what this might be? No, nope. no, don't spoil it. No, 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 not. I said meta, like it's not specific. If I know Gelhar, this will either be. Something painfully dad level lame, <laughs> or, or 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 really like really good and exciting. Oh that's wow! A, the, so the, we got a wide range, wide of range of outcomes. Yeah, that's it. That's no, all I'm saying. No middle ground. Well, okay. if I if I can tease the fans that uh, what's going to come, it's going to be on the the awesome side. Okay. Oh, but awesome James, song. speaking of training camp, don't yep, we training have camp. Oh, we got plenty of stuff. Uh, we got uh, the show called ITC Live Fantasy Spotlight. I uh, catch that uh, just about every single day now, uh, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. That programming, uh, there's 200 total hours of training camp coverage here on NFL Network. Wow. Uh, if you are a football fiend, this is the time. You just leave your TV on NFL Network and just go ham. That's it. It's great. Uh, it is awesome. Uh, by the way, you can also sign up for Fantasy. You should do it today. NFL.com slash Fantasy. If you are deep into the draft, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you are deep into the draft. How about NFL.com slash Draft Kit uh, to get all the information that you need? We got sleepers. We got busts. We got deep sleepers. We got breakout candidates. We got our favorite players. We got all kinds of great stuff. Draft, uh, Fantasy draft material. NFL.com slash draft kit. But let's get right into it. Here's your top headlines for today. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Top story in football, top story in fantasy yesterday, no doubt about it. Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back home. Back. We got the band back together, everybody. Man, it was funny how fired up Brandon Marshall was, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was hyped, man. <laughs> Which, how do you Makes feel sense. about that if you're Geno Smith, though, right? <laughs> like, you were all set to start and be the quarterback, and this other guy shows up, and now your wide receiver is, like, you know, tweeting out praises and, like, taking selfies. Like, how do you well, feel? Well, listen, man. Well, first of all, he tweeted out, horses don't stop. I mean, that's like another punch in the, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you know, it was it was pretty telling, too, right, that, like, the Jets' skill players or offensive players were essentially begging Fitz to come back. There was a, a – While Geno Smith is prepping for the season, they're begging for Fitz to come there back. There were talks of a protest, <laughs> a, 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 a sit-out, sit-in. <laughs> oh, that is good stuff. But he's back. Um, look – Fitzpatrick is kind of one of those matchup-based fantasy quarterbacks. I get it. Okay, that's fine. But I think what fantasy fans are really excited about is what it means for Brandon Marshall and and your boy, Eric Decker. Oh, yeah. So, 1,514, that was basically the numbers uh, for Brandon Marshall last year. He's, you know, we're seeing him go early third, late second round right now. Do you think that's a good price for him? Does he get back to 1,514? I mean that's that's a little high. That's I think. huge. Yeah, that, that's a lot. But I think he's I I with Fitzpatrick back in there, I feel safe taking him in the second round again. Pretty safe floor. I, did, I wasn't sure. Yeah, pretty safe floor. I wasn't sure about it with if Geno was back there, but oh, if Geno's back there, there's no way in touching Brandon Marshall. There's no right, way. right. I, I'd say he's more of a fourth round pick, maybe if Geno's there. But okay, yeah, I'm cool taking him in the second round again. 
Marcus has uh, a very uninterested look. No, no, I'm like I'm totally on board with <laughs> okay, taking him okay. in the second round. I, you know, I guess just because I didn't believe. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't think Gino is exactly on Fitzpatrick's level, but let's not pretend like Ryan Fitzpatrick is some sort of Hall of Fame quarterback. Like he's not. Yeah. He had a great year last year. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. I mean, I guess I was always of the opinion that Gino could do something similar. And so, I mean, I guess if if it was Gino. I think Brandon Marshall drops to maybe the third round for me, but it's not like a precipitous fall. I think I think yeah. he still would have been okay. Yeah, I I never really was backing off of Marshall anyways, regardless of the quarterback position, because I think the targets were so secure there. Uh, I wrote up the Jets preview for our draft kit, and okay. Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall combined for fifty one percent of the team targets, and like that regression from Marshall, who was a top five wide receiver, I think he was a wide receiver three in standard leagues. That was kind of already priced into uh, his his current draft costs. Like, he wasn't going to end the first round, so people weren't expecting him to do what he did again last year. I was fine with it either way. But, yeah, Fitzpatrick makes it a little more secure. He's just a great fit for the system. I just think, again, man, I, I, I've got Brandon Marshall on my uh – yeah, I hate calling it a bus list. It's it's all relative to players AP. to avoid. Players to avoid. That's well, no the PC term, James. Because no, I know because it, what it is, it's it's relative to their draft price. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I get Brandon Marshall in the fifth round, of course I, I'm not going to call this guy a bust. Right. I, I'd love that guy in the fifth round, but a second round draft price for me, man, that's that's a lot, uh, especially for a guy who I think actually has a pretty. Uh, look, I think there's going to be some regression. I don't know about the floor. Is what I'm saying. What's what's a safe floor for this guy? Tw- I think twelve hundred and like eight is pretty safe floor for Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm on board with that. Sure. I think he's got one of the best floors of any of these guys that's in the top three rounds. I mean, outside of the obvious stud candidates, because you know he saw 170 targets last year. There's okay. it's again. There, there's just not many other options to throw the ball to, and Chan Gailey's offense is consistently rank, you know, pretty high in pass attempts. They've been they were 13th last year. They were 10th in 2010 or 2000. 2011 in 2008 with Kansas City before he resurfaced they were ninth I mean they they throw the ball a lot there this helps Forte too right oh yeah absolutely I mean not like a, not like a ton but it's it's good to have more stable quarterback play under there or at least more of a known commodity than what we would be getting with Gino touchdown potential as well increases considerably I think with uh, I don't know if it increases considerably he's never been a goal line back oh, oh got, I just meant for the offense oh yeah. for the offense in general maybe a maybe a touch up yeah He's yeah. got two the the goat uh, Eric Decker at scoring touchdowns. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what he's good at. So it does. There's really another guy I'm worried about. I mean, a thousand yards, limited receptions, uh, double digit touchdowns. Does he get to double digit touchdowns again? I, it just seems unlikely. Okay. Okay. All right. Wow. Why, I don't understand your hate. What for what Eric does what does Eric Decker have to do to get <laughs> respect from people like you? I don't have hate for Eric Decker. If you have heart, if you have hate in your heart, let it out. What? No, I'm just saying he had a thousand yards and and his fantasy value was. Very touchdown dependent, and he. But all he ever does is score touchdowns every week. Yeah, is that not insane. true? I mean, machine. Okay, come on. I believe he Red had zone, eighty yards or a touchdown in every game he played last year. He's one of the most consistent fantasy options around. I'm just look. I'm just saying. You you really banking on double digit touchdowns again for Eric Decker? He's an well, elite. He's an elite. He's it. an elite red zone threat. I mean, so it would it get I mean, close. It would only him. be the fourth year out of his. I was gonna say he's done it three. Yeah. He's done it three out of the last four years. So I mean that you're banking oh, on. Man. All right, he's, all right. We're moving. Oh, geez, on. let's move on. All right. How about <laughs> how about Bruce Arians? How about? Uh, I don't like what he's saying here. He's saying it could be a uh, the RB workload in Arizona could be a game by game. Uh, type thing, and 
Uh, was he? What was he referencing? A hot hand approach? Yeah, he's. They asked about David Johnson. He said, "Oh, if he's hot, he'll stay in there." Which, thanks, Bruce, because we know David Johnson's going to stay hot, so he's not coming off the field. This is hilarious, coach speak. Don't, right now don't you me. take this from us, Bruce Arians? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot when it comes to running backs. We don't have much. Don't you take this from us? Like I'm. This doesn't concern me at all. As all right. I as I put on Twitter afterwards, and I hope people. I mean, if people want to let it affect their draft boards and let David Johnson slide to me, then great. Thank you, please. But here's here's how I see this playing out. Either it's complete smokescreen and they're just going to feed David Johnson because we saw what he could do. And if you watched All or Nothing on Amazon, which everybody should do, you know how highly that organization thinks of David Johnson. Right. But if Arians is like, well, we're going to ride the hot hand, he's going to put Chris Johnson in there, who's who's old and a little worn down, not going to be as effective. They're going to put DJ in. He's going to make a big play, and then that's the end of it. Uh, it you know, I also kind of think, I wonder, too, if he's doing this because so many people are so hyper on DJ. Oh, yeah. That, you know, he's trying to tell send DJ a little bit of a message. People are hyper on DJ because Bruce Arians hyped him up. <laughs> I think people are hype on, hyped on, uh, on, on DJ because he's a freak of nature athlete, you and we saw that last year. You can't start a fire and then say, hey, hey, you know, that, that's a little out of control. You lit the <laughs> fire, right? And so now he's trying to, like, you know, tamp it down and throw a little water right. on it. right. Don't take this from us, Bruce. All right. All right. You know, and, and let's not forget, Bruce Arians might not I, – I love Bruce Arians. He's great. Uh, he's he is probably great. one of my – he's probably my favorite coach in the NFL right now. But let's, let's not remember, you know, he's, he's maybe not the best at, like, projecting backfield workloads yeah. when he said that he was going to give Andre Ellington, like, 30 touches a game. Oh, right. That's true. In That's true. Uh, 2014 or whatever. Right. So, yeah, let's, let's just – let's relax. The one other thing that I've brought up before, too, is, like, the Cardinals have that luxury where they have the depth at running back. So, like – It's true. You know, it, David Johnson fumbles a couple times or – or has tweaks his knee or something. Which he did a fair yeah. amount last year. They just didn't lose them all. He right. put it on the turf like four or five times, I think. Right. Just like, and only like one of them was scooped up by the other team. Yeah. So I mean, rookies sometimes have ball security issues, but I mean, they have the depth there where if something happens to Johnson, they can bench him and they can feel okay with Chris Johnson. Yeah. In, you know, as, as the bell cow yeah. for a couple of drives or whatever. Or Ellington even. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't just healthy. With that. Yeah, it's not the like it's literally not the worst thing in the world if uh they give Chris Johnson or Andre Ellington some burn every no. now and again. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, they should. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as I'd love to see DJ get like 350 touches all around. We right. don't want yeah. him to wear down. Yeah, right, exactly. We don't I, know I mean, I think we that. saw that too with Latavius Murray, that I think he was – I think Murray knew that there wasn't a lot of uh, running back depth behind him. I, I think he honestly was playing it about 75% the entire game. Yeah. And he didn't ever go full throttle. I, I'm actually really excited about Latavius Murray. It's totally sidebar, but I'm excited about Latavius Murray because they actually brought in a guy in DeAndre Washington that can to spell, help spell him. him. Right. Absolutely. Murray was that freak before – before David Johnson, That's right. too. That's right. All right, uh, let's go to Seattle. Thomas Rawls won't be ready for camp, that according to Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll says that, uh, you know, Thomas Rawls should be still in line to play for week one. I mean, there's a lot of training camp, a lot of preseason games to get to, but uh, right now Thomas Rawls is not ready for camp. What do we make of the news? I am – I mean, this is so interesting because Rawls' ADP has fluctuated this entire offseason. Like, oh, right yeah. at the end of last season, early mock drafts and stuff, he was second, a second round. round pick. Yep. Then he was plummeting to, like, 7th, 8th round because we had no idea on his timetable. Now, like, Fabs in our latest, I think it was in the 12-teamer, actually, said he got him in the 4th round and thought that was a steal, which I, at, at this point, I don't feel great about Rawls in the 4th round, to be completely honest with you, because if week one is still in jeopardy and mm-hmm. they went and drafted all these backs that have been getting hype, 
um, all throughout the offseason in ProSize and Alex Collins and everything. And, and let's not forget the truth is still out there with Kristen Michael. Like <laughs> the truth. <laughs> there's there are just too many there are too many question marks around Rawls right now for me to feel great un- until we see him on the field or they come out with absolute certainty and say he's our week one starter. When did he get injured? I mean, it, it hasn't really been that it long. Was, it was fairly late four, in the season. It was pretty late in the season. It was week 14 against the Ravens, I think. I, yeah. A broken ankle. I mean. It was bad. It was weird to me that, you know, guys like Mike Fabiano and other fantasy experts that were very high on him coming in, I'm like, I mean, we're not talking about a sprained ankle. We're talking about a broken ankle mm-hmm. in late in the season. I, I was a little bit confused as to why he was going so high in the first place, but um, I hope he comes back and I hope he's healthy because, man, when he ran, he ran with that anger. He ran with that passion, oh, man. Oh, yeah. He was like a – It was awesome to watch that guy Baby run. beast mode they were calling him. It was him, great. The thing that I think we've undersold about Seattle all off season is that they played their best guys. They're a team that has bred on competition. Mm-hmm. And whoever – no matter your draft slot, no matter what money we've paid you, right. they will play their best players. And if they get into camp and Alex Collins gets the hot hand, they'll play Alex Collins. I mean, yeah. that's how Thomas Rawls, who was an undrafted free agent, rose to prominence anyways. That's how Russell Wilson – Right, R- Rose yeah. They, they I mean, paid Matt Flynn a bunch of money. Yeah, and they then paid Matt Flynn a bunch of cash in the offseason. Russ then outplayed they, him. Right, that's right. I'm, I'm just waiting because we've been talking about the Seattle backfield for all about two minutes now. Okay. And uh, franchise has not mentioned the name CJ Price. Oh, I'm, over here. <laughs> I'm ready to drop it. I'm ready to drop it. He's showing some restraint. We're real proud of him this morning. <laughs> this year's number one PPR running back. Yeah, there's still there's still, there's still <laughs> singe on the carpet down there from <laughs> last time we talked look, about Prosize. Look, Pro-Size. we already know Prosize is going to be the third down back. So Rawls' yeah. ADP makes sense. I mean, he's his ADP. ADP on NFL.com right now is round seven. That's a little low. That's low. Yeah, if he's that's low. getting the too much upside round. to take him that late. We right. probably have to bump him up in the rankings a yeah. bit too. I agree with that. All right, how about Anquan Bolton? He signs with the Lions. Mm, don't care. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Wow! It's a, um, it's it, can I can I say this? I, I think it might impact Golden Tate more than Marvin Jones, but even for both guys, I think it impacts them very little. It's Wait. minor. Go ahead, Mark. I, it's, I, and I, I look. I love Anquan Bolden. He put in a lot of good years in San Francisco with the Forty ers Anquan right. Bolden, at this point in his career, is the guy. If you are an actual NFL coach, okay, you want Anquan Bolden on your team because True. he brings so many things to your roster. He's a great pro. He's not a good fantasy player. No, he's just not gonna. He's not gonna get enough catches. He's not gonna get enough yards. He's not gonna score enough touchdowns right, to really know, make an impact. You know what's gonna happen though? He's gonna score all sorts of touchdowns. He's going to wear the hoodie. He's going to bring back the ghost of James Jones. He's going to be James Jones now? He's going to bring back the ghost of James Jones. He's going to be that... Is, rando vet that you thought a, was done? Is there a like passing of the hoodie ceremony where like there's some candles lit and Jones has a hoodie up and he has the real hoodie though that he passes to Bolden? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Stafford's going to toss Anquan Bolden Wait, two touchdowns on. week one. Hold there's going to be a massive... There's a logic issue here. Okay. Right. Why would he wear the hoodie in the dome? Who cares? Way too hot. Hey, he, James logic Jones... Logic is not a buddy. place in hoodie talk. <laughs> James Jones was wearing the hoodie like in Oakland. It was he, like 75 I think he actually wore, I think he wore it in Arizona too. Just <laughs> <laughs> cut the sleeves off. So like like Marcus was saying, I think it's a really good real life move for right. the Lions who had a depleted depth chart at wide receiver. They yeah. were relying like Corey Fuller, who was a Dude, player. It got was on the scary pump. after yeah. Marvin Jones. Yeah. TJ Jones, Andre Caldwell, Andre Roberts, uh Jeremy Curley. Like that was their kind of guy for a third wide receiver. So <laughs> Anquan Bold's a nice addition for them, but I think like you know, there, there's just such a dearth of targets there that, that it's going to still flow through Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. But I kind of like what you're saying, James, about Golden Tate. Like, I, I could see it affecting his, like, 
he could have led the NF- NFC in receptions this year. I think Evan Silva has talked about that a lot, but I don't know if that's you, in play. You remember when Kendall Wright had like 90-some receptions and two 90, touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. That's that's what's scaring me about Golden Tate right now is because all of his touchdowns last year came like within five yards of the end zone. Yeah. And Bolden's a better red zone threat than than Tate because he can work out of the slot just as well. Strong, and he's a dude. bigger he's a bigger body. Oh, he's, one yeah. of, he's one of Jones the best. Jones is a great red zone threat too. Yeah, so is Jones. So that that scares me a little bit about about Tate. I might have to slide him down because of his touchdown potential now. Uh, I do. I mean, the thing I like about the Detroit offensive players this year though is that their defense is projected to be really bad, right? So like you know, if that's the case, y- you like attaching you know fantasy value to the offensive side of the ball if the defense is really bad because they're going to sure. be playing uh, in a lot more shootouts. For sure. Um, look, uh, it's the time of the season, training camp, where they, I mean, a lot of vets are being put on the PUP NFI. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone in particular? I mean, there's Jamal Charles, Jordy Nelson, uh, Tyler Eifert. I mean, there's a lot of guys on the PUP right now. I don't want to go through them all, but is there anybody on this list, guys, uh, that you guys see uh, that does actually give you some cause for concern because the thing with the 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 training camp pump is, I mean, quite you could come off of it any time. So it's not like he's going to miss the first six games of the season, right? Uh, well, go ahead. I was going to say one that I want to watch is Ladarius Green though, because we're all excited about his potential in Pittsburgh there, but he's been nicked up a couple times this off season. He's got that ankle surgery, ankle, ankle surgery right that he now. Had the too. off season, yeah. So him being on there is curious because if he misses all those extra reps to get in sync with Ben Roethlisberger and learn the offense and stuff, that could slow him down coming out of the gate a little bit, and that'll have a trickle down effect on that whole passing attack. Then whether targets go more towards Marcus Wheaton or. Jesse James or Sammy Coates. Uh, it's, so that's one I'm definitely going to be watching. DHB. DHB, too. How could I forget? This year's Ted Ginn. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I am I, I'm looking at Ryan Matthews, not yes. because it's not because it's like something major. In fact, I just saw a tweet as we were sitting here saying he's expected back next week. Um, but it's more of every time you start to, to maybe get on board and, tie, and you're just reminded of his injury history. So for everybody yep. – who was kind of on the fence, who wasn't sure, who was like thinking maybe you take a chance. Now all of a sudden you're you're backing away again because it just seems that this continues to happen. It's a great offense that he is projected to be in, especially for oh, a running back with Doug Peterson. Um, and you would think that his skill set would <clears throat> match up perfectly with what Doug Peterson would want to do, and I think that's why so many people are so excited to see what Ryan Matthews can do from a fantasy perspective. But, man, that injury history does scare me. Um, sure. I think he's played a full 16 just once in his career, in his six- or seven-year career. Maybe once or twice. One I year might have been like 14. I would have been shocked if it, if he's done done it more than once. Um, Jordy Nelson kind of worries me a little bit. Me too. All right. Uh, just, you know – it's a separate knee from the one that it's not the ACL. It's something else that's bothering him. It just is a reminder that, you know, he's 31 years old now. Yeah. And he's getting up there. And yeah. I think that his presence when he gets on the field is still a big deal for this offense, regardless of what he puts up from a fantasy perspective. But I feel more and more like Randall Cobb is the guy to draft uh, in Green Bay. You get him a little bit of a discount. Marcus just wrote a great banger on him uh, on the website. So, yeah. Bust a move. Bust a move, baby. He's coming back. What would you say in there? Top 15? If he's not top fifteen, something went horribly wrong. And I agree. I agree with that. So and look, yeah. Jordy Nelson's going in the second round right now, so there's some risk there. And like you said, he's getting older. A guy like Kelvin Benjamin, who had a similar injury at the same time last season in the preseason, he's on the field in camp making plays already. 
So like the looks age, doggone good, right? The, the, the age thing there is is starting to be a factor, I think, for Jordy. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about Kenneth Dixon suffered a what was reported as a grade, grade one, one uh, MCL yep. uh, sprain in his knee. Uh, I, the Ravens are describing it as not very serious. Yeah. Well, grade one is gone. is the lowest one you can get to. So could be gone maybe maybe a week. They're saying. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like much, but uh, any cause for concern because we're talking about a guy who is right now. <clears throat> Uh, not only a rookie, so he's trying to get caught up in the playbook and the yeah. speed of the NFL and all that. It's huge. But also, I mean, listen, quite frankly, he's just – it's not like he's the presumptive starter here. No. 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 Nobody was saying that beforehand, so it certainly might slow him down in, like you said, getting up to speed and earning stuff. But I think this backfield is still very much up for grabs and whoever flashes the most in the preseason. I mean, Forsett's going to be the starter day one, but yeah. whoever starts to get hot or prove that they can be a difference maker for this offense is going to get the ball. So it, it might make drafting Kenneth Dixon, as some people have, I know you have, James, like jumping on him in the eighth or ninth round. Mm, love him there. Might want to wait yeah, a couple yeah. rounds. I know. He's going before Buck Allen right now. Well, I mean, he should. Yeah. Shocking to hear some realism from you two about Kenneth Dixon for once. He was the only pick on your team that I highlighted in our mock draft that I hated. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey now. Wow. RB37, eighth round. Can no. I defend myself oh, for a moment? A you know early. I love Kenneth Dixon, but yeah. his situation, uh, I feel I have been quite realistic and my expectations have been largely tempered with Kenneth Dixon. I guess. Maybe more and more as you've uh, actually been listening to me, sure. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> no, but I think I, I like Kenneth Dixon too. I think he's a great talent, but this just really kind of puts him off my radar at that draft yeah. price because you'll probably like whoever like ends up taking him in the eighth round if you're not getting early season impact from him he'll end up on the wire and then if he's actually playing well at the end of the year you can pick him up we will circle around back to that because I, I will i'll defend that pick all day long but we'll circle around to that all how right. about josh Doxson there in washington a lingering achilles injury this has me That's, worried for reals yeah well so like why i put this on is because originally like it surfaced that Doxson was probably going to be behind Jamison Crowder, too, because as we've mentioned on this podcast, that Washington pass-catching core is deep right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. D-Jax, Pierre Garçon, Crowder, Jordan Reed, and they've got Doxson, who's who's an awesome talent and can pro- will probably push to get on the field, but if he was already projected to be a little bit behind those guys, and now he's got a lingering Achilles injury, and I like how Doxson's like, I know my body. I'm fine. I'm like, whoa, whoa, bro, this is an Achilles injury. Let's also, you're 22. You don't know anything. Yeah, right. let's, let's slow down. He's 23, I think. <laughs> but anyways, like... Like, stop, bro. So why I put this on here is because some people have been liking taking a late-round flyer on him because of his talent and potential red zone prowess, especially if somebody else goes down. But with an Achilles injury and him being farther down on the depth chart, I don't think I'm going to touch him in redraft leagues. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, look, he, he, it's as is, isn't he? He's a dart throw anyways, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, if anything, it might have uh, a little bit of an impact overall on the Washington offense because I think he's a tremendous uh, red zone threat. No, I mean, yeah, he's you, great. You there. look at that, you look at that wide receiving core. There, there's not anybody who's like, okay, let me just jump over a guy. Like I love Djax and everything, but it's like uh, if he's not scoring from 40 yards out, he's not scoring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pierre Garcon's a, a big body. A little bit, but, you know, I, I think Doxon has that not only big body, but just the extreme athleticism, too. Right, right. So. And, you know, he's a rookie. I think if this lingers, like, they're not going to push him to get on the field because they have so much depth. It's true. So I thought Jameson Crowder was a great find for them last year, too. Yeah, he was. So there you go. Nice slot receiver. All right, let's talk about this 12-teamer, yeah? Let's so do we, it. So right. we did the 12-team mock uh, on Monday. 12-team is, is my absolute favorite. Uh, I feel like it's the sweet spot, right? Because ten team, but by the t- even by the time you get to the thirteenth, fourteenth round, there's still plenty of guys you like. Oh, absolutely! If you're playing with ten teams, get more friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow. And then when you get, get like the flames. And then, Harmon is what? on a heater. No, I, I, no, no, honestly, seriously, the 10 teams, I'm completely with James on this. And I hate that we always do 10-team mock drafts because, like, yeah, you just you, – everybody's team ends up looking good at the end. You tweet sure. out your roster and everybody's like, Man, great team. But it's like, yeah, there's plenty of guys that Except for every time we recap one of these, at least one of us is here like, I hated my team. <laughs> oh, well, I hated my, I hated my team in this spot, that's for sure. But 12 team, you get to the, that sweet spot where, like, you get to those double-digit rounds and you're like, yeah. Like, I, I saw Jarek McKinnon come off the board in round 10. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Here we go. You actually have to know yeah. players. Like, know some deep players. Yeah, it's like, thin, know some players. Out. Know some situations. What's well, Take some flyers. So I do like it. Let's get to this real quick. Also, yeah. quick shout-out to Justin – is it Bonima? Bonima? Justin Bonima. Bonima uh, from Football Guys and Jake Seeley from uh, Roto Experts because they jumped in with us. We were neat. We had a couple people drop out. Money had a last-minute doctor appointment and stuff, so we needed to get a few more bodies in. Friends from the fantasy community on Twitter jumped in and had pretty good drafts too. Yeah, you can follow Jake at all at all in kid on Twitter and Justin at, at Justin B O N N E M A. There you go. From football guys. Um and the rest of the uh the, the cast and crew, you, you kinda know it's all of us in here and uh, we had some uh, producers as well uh on the NFL Fantasy Live side. Um in particular Dylan Milner, uh who else have we got? Hytham Kalani and yep. Alex Wilk. Okay, there you go. All right, so there you go. So th- that that was our twelve. Um who'd like to start? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go through my team yeah, real quick. Um, I I went running back heavy again. I picked five, and David Johnson fell to me. It Off the top, it went Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Beckham, no surprise. Fabs took Todd Gurley at four, so I jumped on David Johnson at two. Love it. And then coming back around, it was a toss-up for me between Ingram, Alshon Jeffrey, or Lacey. Maybe I was being a homer. I decided on Lacey, but as cut as he looks in training camp, I'm feeling better about that pick. Oh, yeah. The trouble is, though, then with this being a 12-teamer, wide receiver thinned out real quickly after that because there were eight picks that went before I went again in the third round, and five wide receivers went. So that left me with Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one. I like it. I I don't mind it. I think his his ceiling might be a little lower than some are projecting this year, but I also think he has a decent floor, so as as long as he takes that step and is healthy this year, I'm okay with it. That dude could push 1,200 yards. Um, I was extremely happy, though, with my running backs in this league because I have David Johnson, Eddie Lacy, and then in rounds five and six, I got Latavius Murray and Jonathan Stewart. Uh, and as such, I had to kind of take some upside shots later at wide receiver. I got So Cooper and John Brown are my starters. Then I got Marvin Jones, Tavon Austin, uh, Mohamed Sanu, Mike Wallace, and the GOAT, Jeff Janis, in the later rounds. <laughs> overall, I felt really happy with this team. I got Carson Palmer and Kobe Fleener in the later rounds as a quarterback tight end. Yep. I have I got a lot of questions when I put this out there because I have a lot of Cardinals on this team, and I have a lot of I have multiple Raiders and multiple Cardinals. And people right. are like, are you worried about that? And I said, absolutely not. Like, I don't ever – I honestly never look at bye weeks when don't, I draft. Don't look at it at all. Because, like, yep. people – if you're taking hits to your team because you're like, oh, I don't want to have to have two guys off in the same week, you're diminishing your roster for the rest of the season. Whereas I'll take the L on that one week if my whole team is off right. and just crush people the rest of the, the – the rest of the weeks. Yep. Yeah, and if it's a great offense like the Cardinals, you want to pluck as many great right. pieces from that. Right. I would agree with that. Um, it's great advice, too, by the way. I, I love that. Uh, I, I generally tend to ignore bye weeks as well. Um, all right, Franchise, what's up with your uh, draft? You so like I, had, I had second overall pick, okay. and I never get my boy Antonio Brown in any of these mocks, and I didn't think I was going to this time. But Justin took uh, Julio Jones with the first pick. Which, by the way, can we just – I mean, not that it's a terrible pick. It's just – that was, that, was, that was a name that none of us had ever it's thought. It's a shocker, right? It was. It He's was. up there with the top three, but, like, you don't expect him to go first overall. I got my guy, Antonio Brown. 
Um, on the way back around, which I waited like 22 picks, <laughs> I got Mark Ingram as my RB1. I think he's got great upside with his – That's a loss. With his pa- – uh, hey, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Relax. He'll catch, catch 50 balls, eight it's touchdowns. It's a great pick at running back 11. Don't Yeah, he's a beast. And then the worst pick of the entire draft in the third round by me, I took Sammy Watkins. Is it the worst pick? Um, well, especially I think considering I think the, it's fine. considering the guys left on the board. I mean, this was before Ryan, the Ryan Fitzpatrick news. I, yeah, that's true. W- when I was looking at it, I was like Brandon Marshall or Sammy Watkins, and I passed on Marshall because I had Geno Smith in my head. So I went with with Watkins because of the upside there. Yeah, but look at the wide receivers that went after though. I yeah, mean, I'd rather have Watkins than let's say Amari Cooper or really. Randall. Yeah. Then oh yeah, for sure. I'm with James. Uh, I mean, Did you learn I, nothing from Davis Maddox earlier well, this week? I usually <laughs> I usually take everything that Davis Maddox says about Sammy Watkins with a grain of salt. He's been, he's been trying to die on that hill for about three years. <laughs> I, I liked it at the time. Now, looking back, I don't really like the Watkins pick there. Okay. Um, and then I went two running backs. I got Melvin Gordon and Jay Ajayi. Let's talk about your Melvin round. Gordon pick here. In the yeah, that was yeah, a, that caught some. Come on. It was at the back. It was at the back end of the fourth round, though. Come on, so, bro. I believe you also, when you made the pick, you said, judge me. I yeah. did. I said, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Judge me. Look, this is a 12-teamer. Uh, who went before him here? Well, you Thomas Rawls, Matt Forte. Yeah. Deion Lewis, Lewis, Carlos Hyde. And immediately yeah. afterwards were Danny Woodhead, you took Ajayi, Ryan Matthews, and I got Latavius Murray. Yeah, I mean, I would have take, I would have taken Ryan Murray. I, I, here's the problem with the pick. I don't like Latavius Murray. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. But here's the, the one problem with your Melvin Gordon pick is you got to read the room, right? Like, nobody is thinking about Melvin Gordon there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, so so that's the my that's my only problem with your pick is that look, if you like Melvin Gordon, great. And if you're listening out there and you like a guy, that's great, but you got to read the room. Yeah. Right. I you know what I mean? I could have got him. You could have got him later. Yeah, it, right, right, right. And then I went, on the way back around a couple picks later got Jay Ajayi. Well, you know, actually looking at it, he he might have had to take him with either of his two picks because all the, there went a huge run on running backs uh after that. Yeah. And like right coming back around uh, so he took Gordon as the RB17 and Ajayi as the RB19. Before he would have picked again in round uh, six, we were mm-hmm. up to the RB30. So Gordon easily could have fallen there. So I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it for Franchise wanting to get his guy. Okay. I got my guy. That's all. I mean, and it's then, tough because uh, you're picking two. That, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. So you're going to have to, you're gonna ha- you know, I, I get what you're saying. You've you got to either make that pick, thinking about in round five, but I needed an RB gamble two. and maybe see it in round six. Right. Yeah, and then uh, I win Manny Sanders in the sixth round, uh, D'Angelo Williams in the seventh round. Who you know, if if Bell does get suspended for those four games, D'Angelo Williams would probably be my RB two for the first month. Right. See how Melvin Gordon pans out. This is kind of a a good reminder too. Please don't draft right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like since we've done this draft on Monday, so many so many changed. things have changed. Right. Yeah. Please wait as long as possible. And then. The other thing I noticed, I ended up with three Steelers, so I took Antonio Brown, okay. um, Marcus, Wheat- Marcus Wheaton, and D'Angelo Williams. I, I didn't don't mind intend it. to do that, but I, don't mind I mean, it. Marcus just, Wheaton's your wide receiver five. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And okay. then later on, I got Bilal Powell, Javoris Allen. I got Dwayne Allen in the twelfth, which I love. Derek Carr in the thirteenth as my quarterback, which I love. And then I handcuffed Mark Ingram in the fourteenth. Yeah, you got a solid high, team here, franchise. All right, Matt Harmon, you hated your draft. Hey. Tell me why. I hated my team so bad. Uh, I like. 
is funny because I kind of liked your team. I don't oh, like it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Because, well, so okay, I like the the way I started. Yeah, Elliot Robbins, Allen Robinson, T. Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief. I love that. Wait, which start. quick quick pause too, because I think you got some questions about why did you draft two Colts wide receivers back well, to back again? You know, I think that if you look at last year, we were just consistently benefiting from these super highly concentrated offenses. Like I mentioned with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker absorbing 51% of the team targets. There was also uh, the Raiders with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. I don't think you would have hated having those two together. Right. Uh, Alan Hearns and Allen Robinson last year. Kind we'll of the same that. sort of effect. So I think it's a stupid thing to get worked yeah, up over. It's just it. one yeah. of those weird things like the bye weeks and yeah. players on the same team that people like just get worried about. But if you think about it. it like makes- as if there's some sort of scenario where if like if T.Y. Hilton's going to go off and catch like 10 passes for 170 yards and two touchdowns and Moncrief catches you know four for 50 four for 50 you if, if they're survive. both gonna if one's gonna blow up like that yeah. then you're getting all those you points still right still getting all right. the points like right. it doesn't yeah I don't know it's a weird thing that people I get it but it's a weird thing that people get hung up and on. after that after that I was crabs memeing the entire <laughs> draft just just completely awful like I don't know what it was like looking back on it I'm still like why did why did I take Greg Olson in the fifth round like I I get that. Like, I like Greg Olson as a pretty clear tight end three this year, but I it just it's the players that went off. The, I'm still here. Like I'm I'm shook just talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> like I guess the players that went ahead, like that run on running backs too. I was like, oh well, somebody like Latavius Murray will follow me in the fifth round after I went three wide receivers in a row. Right. He went off the board, so I took. I was just like, there's no wide receivers I really like. I should have just been aggressive and like taken Tyler Lockett or Marvin Jones, somebody that I really like there. But I went with the the safe pick, Greg Olson, and I hated it. And then like coming back around, I'm like, man, Drew Brees in the sixth. That sounds really tempting. I, I I'm gonna just pull the trigger. And then after, t- and this is the this is why I hated it because when you take a tight end and a quarterback, you know the onesies position where you can really only start where you can only start one of them in a standard league, right? You're just chasing running back and receiver depth All the rest day. of the way. Yeah. And I like Charles Sims this year. I'm, I'm r- really high on him as like a seventh to ninth round pick, but I, he shouldn't be my RB2 in a standard league like this. Yeah. Um, I like Torrey Smith. Arian Foster's a fine dart throw, but then like I'm just like shooting darts the rest of the draft. Like Nelson Aguilar, Laquan Treadwell I'm taking in the tenth round. I hate that. Like as my as my – as my fifth wide receiver, I don't want that. Like, Spencer you know. Ware. Well, I like the Spencer Ware pick, like, because then I'm just trying to be like, all right, let me tell myself a story of how this running back can can, can do well. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mike Gillisley, Zach yeah. Center, these guys that potentially could have big time roles of something Deep sleeper shakes, right? types. Yeah. yeah, but but it's just it's a it's just a bad strategy to go tight end and quarterback early. Like, I could have probably gotten away with 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 Drew Brees or something, but when you take both. You're just so you're, hard. You're, you're chasing the rest of the way. It's not good. I would agree with that. I feel like I'm going to cry right now. Breeze is, <laughs> Breeze is the QB four too. You I know, love. Yeah, yeah, I be. love. I love that. I think he's clearly the QB four at this point. But and it's let's say I like the Breeze pick. But that's like the, whenever you take a tight end or a quarterback, the rest, and look at like where the quarterbacks are going the rest of the way. Like right, Kirk yeah. Cousins in the twelfth. You got Derek Carr in the thirteenth yeah. franchise. Yeah. By the way, listeners, we, we brought this up a little late, but if you want to follow along with this mock draft, you can find all of them at NFL.com slash fantasy mock drafts with an S now. We're going to put all the mock drafts in one easy-to-find place. All right, there but, you yeah, go. as you're pointing out, Harmon, there's that chunk over here in round, what, 9 and 10 and 11 where there's Tom Brady, Carson Palmer, Delaney Walker, Kobe Fleener, Tyler Eifert. Like, all those guys went several rounds later. Yep. Hate it. Marcus, <laughs> how about your team? Um, Here's the thing. I, I felt like – I was in a situation where there were guys that just kept falling in my lap that maybe threw me off schedule of what I wanted to do but just seemed too good to pass on. I mean, at the third spot, 
Started with OBJ. Great. Beautiful. Come back around. I grab Mike Evans. Beautiful. Sweet. Then in the third round, I'm thinking, okay, I, I should get a running back. I need a running back. But Brandon Marshall was just sitting there. I handed him right yeah. to you. And, I'm, yeah. and I, how, do I, how do I not do that? So I went Brandon Marshall. And then, so this is probably where I got all the way turned around. Because in the fourth round, I, again, should have got a running back. Yep. And I went, I went off brand a little bit. I went out of, out of character. And I grabbed a quarterback. Because, again, Cam was sitting there. And I thought, well, let me try something different here. I mean, again, everybody, this is the beauty of a mock draft is that you can kind of try something different and see yeah. how things work out. So I went and I took Cam Newton. with my. So, but here it is. We're four rounds deep in a 12-team mock draft. I don't have a running back. Yeah. So that was my big regret with this one is that left me chasing. So then I go Ryan Matthews, Frank Gore back-to-back, which – yeah. Hey, if they both stay healthy, I could be. I could be. You're, yeah. you're great. But now man, that is about the biggest if I've ever uttered on this podcast. If if was a fifth, we'd all be wasted. Um, oh, so nice. there is. A, you like that? I'll I'll say this: between the two, there's a zero percent chance. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't guys. feel. I mean, we just talked about it in this podcast well, earlier mean, about Ryan Matthews going on the public. It's the zero RB strategy, man. So you know, yeah. wideouts are. Sick, I mean, no, literally yeah. zero RBs. Zero yeah, RBs. I mean, I was. I mean, cause, I mean, but I mean, you look at my running backs. It's Matthews. It's Gore. It's Theo Riddick. Paul oh, per- yeah, but, Paul oh. Perkins. You get someone on the. Alfred Morris, oh. Shane Vereen. Yeah, That's right. uh, but um, bird alert. Fast. I got the bird alert in my face. <laughs> I felt like I, if there's one thing I I am starting to preach the gospel of Delaney Walker at the tight end Art. position. I okay. think I reached a little early for him in the ninth. You're round. alone on that mountain with um, me. I, I'm, I'm not going to follow you up there. <laughs> hey, I know there are other. I think I believe uh, I believe Rumford Johnny is on that mountain with me, so I'm not completely alone there. Um, I, I think I probably reached a little too soon for him, but I'm cool with it because I I believe I, I think he, I think he is the best pass catching option in Tennessee. So I I believe there. Um, like I said, I feel like the first three, maybe even first four rounds were great, and it just it all went. If south. things go right, your team's going to yeah. be great. You're super top heavy, so yes. you either have to hope yeah. yes. you either have to hope to work the waiver wire, or that the Cam Marshall Evans Beckham just combo goes is going to carry yeah. you. Just goes berserk. Yeah. Cam, you're, Cam is basically a running back. So. Your depth sucks, but you're for, I like your top seven rounds, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, your your starting lineup there will, will be will be great, as assuming it, the running backs stay healthy. Right. All right, Cole. Your last one in the room with your draft. How'd you feel? Uh, I felt great about it. Look, I, I picked tenth out of twelve. Yep. Uh, I haven't had an early pick in all these mock drafts we've done yet. Uh, I've been picking pretty late. Uh, I thought I, I was gonna once again get a value running back. Wasn't the case. That was okay because then DeAndre Hopkins I was able to scoop up it, it with pick ten, which I loved. Uh, round two, I probably should have gone Allen Robinson, but just wanted to see what my team would look like with Des Bryant. What the heck? Why not? Yep. Uh, be- between Des and Nuke. I mean, again, uh, 25 touchdowns is an absolute possibility there. Um, running backs, Carlos Hyde, Deion Lewis, love it. G- Gio Bernard rounds out that running back core. Nice. So, so I went two wide receivers, three running backs in my first five picks. And, and to Matt Harmon's point, um, in my previous mock, you know, I also went early or mid-round tight end, mid-round quarterback, yep. and it just completely screwed up my draft. So I 100% agree with what Matt Harmon is saying. In in this year in particular, I just I'm shying away from from uh, mid round quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, look what you got. Time. Look what you got late instead. You got Tyrod Taylor, Zach Miller, and Kirk Cousins in the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Or am I doing no 11? Yeah, 10th, 11th, and 12th yep. rounds. Like mm-hmm. backing up your, your solid starters and your high upside guys like Lockett, Kenneth Dixon, as you said, Kevin White. 
So I think you got a solid team here too, James. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Kevin White. I, the more I think about what uh, they're doing there in Chicago, I, I think Kevin White can really make uh, an impact this year. Well, now you got Jay Cutler throwing coal on the hype train, getting that thing going. With I like Kevin it. White, so. You know it. Uh, now, we talked about Kenneth Dixon in the eighth, okay? Um, here are the picks that came after. Well, first of all, C.J. Procise went one pick before me. So, I mean, I Haven't felt, you heard he was going to be the number one? Uh, PBR? Yeah. I think Rashad Jennings went two picks before <laughs> Kenneth Dixon. So, listen. <laughs> like I'm, I'm starting okay here. The the picks after me though, okay. Ladarius Green, tight end. Torrey Smith, Larry Fitzgerald, Corey Coleman, who I was considering there. Uh, Tavon Austin, who I also was considering. Alan Hearns, who I'm staying away from entirely. Uh, Theo Riddick. Uh, so again, I, I wasn't. I mean, you look at the names that came after Kenneth. Who am right. I really passing on? You should have taken well, Torrey Smith, but I did. So <laughs> okay, not. Excited about Torrey Smith mm-hmm. at all? Zero percent. You also had You're the wrong. depth at running back earlier, where you could take take a sleeper like Dixon. That's true. You could afford it. You know? I mean, I look at I mean Jarek McKinnon in, in round ten, uh, Bilal Powell. I, I mean, you know, Bilal Powell. Not these are not <laughs> these are not names that I'm getting excited about. All right, so. let's let's uh, let's we got to keep moving on here. All let's right. all pick one of our favorite steals of the draft, and then let's get to these training camp battles. So, uh, who wants to start with the steal? Franchise, you got one? Sure. Every every draft we do, Carson Palmer is my favorite pick of the draft. You can get him. So you got him in the ninth round here. Loved it. Tom Phil Philip Rivers and Tom Brady went before him. So I will take nice it. Nice pick. I will take it. I like to come back to James' team. I, I think that the steal he got was Jalen Strong in the 13th round. I'm really warming up to to Strong. Yeah, a, buddy. A, Here we go. I, I've looked at a couple games for Here reception. Here we go. Reception. Let's go. I, I'm about it. And listen, I think that. Pretty much all the talk out of Houston's been like Will Fuller's not going to start. Yeah. It's right. probably going to be Jalen. This has like been a quiet drumbeat that we haven't really listened to yet. That that Strong is really making a push for a comeback second season. Don't, as long as he doesn't get suspended for uh, getting arrested. Don't yeah. raise his ADP all by yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like been, I have as I am wont to do. You already <laughs> have enough people mad at you for Tyler Lockett among others. There's a lot of people so. mad at me. Yeah, it happens. And like I, I like to think that it's like a nice mad. All right, um, Marcus, <laughs> who's your steal of the draft? Um, there's, there's, I got a couple options here, uh, and they both were fairly close to each other. It was either Willie Sneed at the Ooh, end yeah. of the eighth round. Uh, Justin Bonima took him at Absolute. the end of eight. That was solid. And then uh, just a few picks later in the ninth round, franchise comes back around and gets Marcus Weed. I mean, like you talk about you know not listening to the drumbeat of Jalen Strong. I feel like we're not giving enough stock to Marcus Wheaton <laughs> and what he could potentially do this year in that Steeler offense. Uh, for nice. me, for me, I've got to go to round 13 as well for Rank's pick of Rashard Matthews. Like, he potentially has, like, the number one receiver in that offense there, and it's his fifth wide receiver. So why the heck not when other guys, you know, going in that same area are Brashad Perriman? How is his knee going to hold up? I mean, Jeff Janis is the GOAT, but uh, Philip Dorsett, <laughs> he's the third True. fiddle there. Terrence Williams. Stevie Johnson, Michael Thomas is a rookie, so I thought that was great value for Rank. Co, who's your steal of the draft? I like Marcus Wheaton in the ninth. Um, you know, I think that's about right with where he's going. Uh, you know, you look at the number of targets that potentially be, could be coming his way, and I thought he played pretty darn well too uh, in in Martavis Bryant's absence. So we'll see. Uh, let's talk about training camp battles. Franchise wrote a banger here, which uh, you can find at NFL.com. We gotta get ourselves like vanity urls like the atn guys have so we get like nfl.com slash franchise one of us one. that's not bad yes yes one of us does yeah, nfl.com slash marcus grant that's what you're talking about right right yes. yeah that was uh bad. but so franchise you you do a lot more um training camp battles that people should pay attention to in the preseason stuff in this piece but why don't you talk about a couple that we got here just to tease the piece so people can go and these are ones to watch where there could be a lot of fantasy value depending on how it shakes out 
Uh, yeah, so let's start with the Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, right. We've got Kamar Aiken, yep. Mike Wallace, as we mentioned, Bashad Perriman, and Steve, Steve Smith, Smith eventually coming back at some point. Look, right now, Aiken is the only guy who actually has a clear role, and his ADP is uh, 14th round on NFL.com. God, he's a steal there. He yeah. played on 951 snaps last year, which was 15th most in the NFL among wideouts, which is crazy. Um, I don't know why he's going in the 14th round, but if you can get him there, take him all day. He could be a wide receiver three this year. Like Baltimore running backs worst. got a uh, big-time uh, c- consideration here as well, right? Oh, yeah, the Baltimore running backs. We got Justin Forsett, Javoris Allen, Kenneth Dixon, who we talked about, and then there's Terrence West and L- L- Lorenzo Talaferro. Holy Look, cow. Look, the other day – Trent Richardson, I, too. Hey, stop. Oh, yeah, Don't Trent Richardson. Yesterday, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's talking about a committee in Baltimore, right? And a reporter asked Justin Forsett about it yesterday, and he was like, what do you mean? I don't know what a running back by committee yeah, is. Yeah, he, re- he, he was real cute there. So basically, he he knows what's going on, and he he wants that job, and he's not going to let one of these young guys take it. Is basically he wants to compete. He was on pace for uh, – hold on, I wrote it down. He was on pace for over 1,000 rushing yards last year. And uh, which would have ranked him eighth among yeah. running backs. Broken forearm. And 241 rush attempts on pace for that many eighth, which also would have ranked him eighth. He broke his arm, yep. which isn't a huge concern for no. a running back. Right. Um, he's only fumbled. You know, it might be a ball security issue, but he's only fumbled uh, six times in like seven seasons. And then we got Buck Allen. Um, Criminally overlooked Buck Allen. Yep, kind of really? touted, touted as a workhorse type coming out of college. Mm. Every game, every game that he. I had, thought you loved Buck James. I like Buck Allen. I liked him a lot, but it's like I mean, look again. And James is quickly throwing Buck into the doghouse. <laughs> with, with, wait, you know what? That listen, must mean Buck Allen's the one to win then, because James hates good running backs like every, Mark Ingram and true. stuff. Every, That's true. And every, Jonathan Stewart. Sorry. Not a not a not a RB guru over here. Jonathan every game Stewart. last year that Buck Allen had double digit carries in, he also had double digit fantasy points in, except for what week seventeen against him. He averaged seven targets, I think, in his starts or something like that. He's a good pass catcher he, as well. He wasn't super he efficient on those. He no. wasn't able to create a lot afterwards though. No. Right, but which I, is something he he's gonna work on. I just think people like completely threw him to the scrap heap after they took Kenneth Dixon and like they spent Pretty similar draft capital mm-hmm. on the two of them too. I don't. I mean, again, it, it all comes down to Ken Dixon for me. Um, you know, I think about what he does well. He is a phenomenal talent catching that ball, and right. he's playing in a Mark Tressman offense that's going to throw the the running back. You know, uh, I, I, at least five times a game. You know, uh, right. if not if not double digits. We, what did Buck Allen? There was one game where he had like twelve receptions. Yes. Matt Schaub, Matt Schaub was just consistently like, I just take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's crush a couple more of these. The Pittsburgh wide receivers. Talk to us all about right. your team here. Oh, we talked about uh, Marcus Wheaton already. Um, there is, there's this guy creeping up. Mike Clay from ESPN tweeted yesterday uh, that this guy named Eli Rogers, who I had never heard of, me neither, um, apparently looks really good and has a chance to take over the slot role there. Interesting. Beat out Marcus Wheaton for the slot role. Wow. Well. So that that's <laughs> definitely something to watch. I don't even know who this guy is. So can I rescind he's, my good pick in the draft then? He's yeah, a, my yeah. good pick in the mock. He's a smaller guy, uh, but he's got good burst and explosiveness after the catch. Uh, he averaged 44 receptions, 505 receiving yards through four years in college and scored a total of 12 touchdowns. So his ceiling is a little low. but All right. Uh, and lastly, the Bears running backs. Uh, oh, yeah. This is this is a gross situation, but it's going to be one really to pay attention to because this is going to be a run-first team, and there could be points to mine out of it. But there's a great piece yes. written in the Chicago Tribune about it, yeah. and it 
Uh, the writer even said it promises to be hell for fantasy football owners, but Fox wants to limit the back's <laughs> workload and play the so-called hot hand. Right. If you want a running back that in a situation that's supposed to be hell for fantasy owners, uh, go ahead and take them. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to. I think Langford and Howard are the ones to own, not until the later rounds. But this is going to be one that's a battle that's really important to watch. It's all fun and games until Kadeem Carey's starting on a Monday night. There was another. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. There was another post uh, this morning on Chicago Tribune, and the mentions were Langford and Kadeem Carey battling for the one and two spots, and no mention of Jordan Howard. I think we are kind of surprised looking Kadeem Carey too, right? And Howard's the rookie, so he's probably got really got to prove himself to earn snaps there. But he could be the short short yardage goal line type vulture situation guy there. Yeah, old Seeley took him in the ninth round of this mock draft that we did. I would just you know we were talking about this this morning franchise. I would just as rather let anybody else take these guys eventually yeah. have to wave them and then I'll pick them up when they're getting a yeah. little bit. <laughs> uh, someone's going to reach for Langford. Oh yeah. yeah just yeah, let yeah. him reach. Well, I think at this point is, is Langford even being re- like he's falling so far in yeah. drafts. He went know? around six in this 12 team. That's pretty and he, high. He went in seven in our last 10 teamer. So seven. yeah, t- seventh. I would, I, seventh is an okay stab because we know like he, even if he stinks, he has big game potential. Like we saw that last year, you know, it's you talk about Mike clay. It's pretty much all Mike clay's fault that he's even being down this far. Even right. th- Cause Mike clay wrote that big, uh, scathing PFF yeah, piece, but he, he like basically there. left PFF with this big, yeah. bomb of uh, of a of a hate piece on Jeremy Langford. He even has in his Twitter profile uh it's not personal Jeremy Langford. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, That's I mean he has gone down so far in fantasy drafts. I mean, you know, look, if he was going the 4th round, okay, I get it, but you know, I think right now we're seeing him going 7th, 8th round. He's definitely the front runner for the, love to take for, the, for yeah. the lead role there. So. Yeah, but yeah. so check out franchise's piece. Uh, you can just search Matt Franciscovich NFL.com. We'll have it on NFL.com slash fantasy. And don't forget to watch uh, ITC Fantasy Spotlight every day at what, 1230 on the network, James? Eastern? Uh, or no, no, no. 2 no, Eastern. 2 Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network presented by Mitsubishi Motors. All right, guys. So now for the surprise segment. Uh, something happened yesterday that I feel we need oh, to address. Oh, no, no. Josh Gordon uh, has really stirred some controversy, I think, in the fantasy community because <laughs> there are certain guys, Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, look, everybody that listens to this podcast and stuff knows that we refer to ourselves as the fantasy stronghold and that we're all, t- we're all together, we're out here grinding content, and the key to this stronghold is is unity, and we we cannot be a fractured unit if we want to continue to to dominate the fantasy world and provide great content to our listeners and our viewers and our readers. So that's why oh we're going to start God. the fantasy therapy session. What is this the feelings podcast? <laughs> so James, what is happening? Yesterday, right now? I don't know. You said What's you said happening? some mean things about Matt. And Matt, I'd like you to tell us how those made you feel. Oh my! Well, God. I have to say, what is happening? <laughs> like this is a little shocking. It's definitely a surprise. Um, you know, I'm sitting at my desk just writing away, and out of nowhere, I hear the words because uh, I tune in to see uh, ITC live, and uh, I just hear Matt Harmon, who's an idiot, and it was an emotional <laughs> roller coaster because you know I'm so vain that anytime I hear my name mentioned, I perk up. Right. And then for it to just be pause. Who's an idiot? Right. It was a little deflating. So, okay. so James, why did you say what Here, you look, said about Matt? <laughs> he said, "Look, Josh Gordon right now um, is climbing in mock drafts. We're seeing him go in the tenth round, and that value is rising considerably." <laughs> why, why this music? I don't understand. This, this is t- this is this is to help <laughs> us. All right. 
my boy over here, uh, Matt Harmon, who is obviously a very, very adept and astute wide receiver evaluator. Guru. Uh, no. He says uh, if you can insulate your team and take Josh Gordon anywhere in between rounds five and seven. Yes, we know that, but why did you say that he's an idiot? is asinine and idiotic? Well, wow. luckily, my, I would, there's no way I would take Josh Gordon until the double-digit round. See, here's the thing. Here's the unfair part. Okay. Is that you just straight up said, like, you know, without explaining my real thoughts like you just did now yes. uh, for our our podcast listeners, not on live television, <laughs> uh, where the nation is, is watching. You, you explained the full strategy here, but there you just said, yeah, Matt Harmon would take Josh Gordon in the fifth round because he's an idiot. <laughs> Luckily, my man Adam Rank had, had my back and, like, explained, well, that's not actually what he said. But, you know, here's the thing. First of all. It is. It is what you said. You said you you can take Josh Gordon anywhere. Guys, if guys. you properly insulate him, oh, you guys. that is the most important okay, hold on. part. Hold on, neutral corners here, fellas. Now, the, he, this is why we're we're bringing this into the fantasy okay. therapy session because right. this this beef is not just between you guys. It impacts all of us here, and oh two people God. in this podcast have some words they'd like to share with you. So, oh, franchise, why don't you start? What's happening? Why do I feel like this was not a surprise? This is a letter I wrote to Matt Harmon. What? <laughs> what is? Matthew, Matthew, I come to you today as a friend who cares about your well-being in both the present and the future, and I fear you may have lost your grip on reality. (laughs) That's probably true. Behind your back, and only because I care, I spoke to your beloved canine, Charlie. Oh, this is... We had a secret rendezvous about your feelings, my feelings, and his feelings. Oh, my God. Charlie knows it's been a rough couple of days, but that cute little dog nearly drowned in his own tears when expressing how the recent incident has been absolutely brutal for his owner, and it shows. <laughs> What's going on? The incident at hand all began ridiculous. when Cleveland Browns wide receiver Joshua Caleb Gordon Joshua Caleb was reinstated Jordan. into the Yeah, league. buddy. Here and we you, go. You eagerly raised your hand to write a thoughtful and well-researched analysis to post on NFL.com. Yep. In an effort to help our fantasy fans make an informed decision about yep. where to draft him this right. season. It was informed. You said draft him in rounds five to seven, yep. but preached caution and insulation with other players. You are the wide receiver guru of the group, after all. Can we not say guru? In the article, there were some things that a certain colleague of ours disagreed with. <laughs> that colleague, James <laughs> Deco, oh, at James Deco on Twitter... <laughs> first shared his opinion of your takes via Twitter.com by saying you were wrong, 1,000% wrong. Uh, 10 million percent. 10 million. When it comes to where Josh Gordon should be drafted. All right. Then, on the Fantasy Live podcast on Tuesday, July 26th, he made his opinion known once more. What is happening? His disgust of your take on Gordon. (laughs) My disgust. More evident. (laughs) You argued your point once more, Uh, and we all moved on. Okay. All of us except James. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Grudge holder, James Co. Hold on. Matt still has more to get off his chest. Uh, there's Holy a little bit more to go geez, here. Man. The following day. What's happening? This is July, longer than any article you've written for us. <laughs> July 27th. Uh, yesterday, July 28th. James was on live television covering yes. training camp from yes, a fantasy was. perspective. ITC Fantasy Live. Yep. For NFL Network. Yep. The topic was the Cleveland Browns, and naturally, <clears throat> naturally Josh Gordon came up. At that point, James felt the need to cite your opinion on where to draft him. He proceeded to call you an idiot. <laughs> live on air in front of trillions of viewers. Trillions. The, mo- <laughs> the majority of whom also follow you on Twitter.com. Uh, majority of trillions. <laughs> <laughs> I gasped in shock. What happened next was, to put it lightly, unimaginable. 
the trauma you have now endured on Twitter.com as a result of the incident is unrepairable. From the onset, it is clear that James D. Coe had one goal here, and that was to take you down. What? <laughs> his devoted and cruel fans oh photoshopped his face over yours on your selfie. With By the way, those people don't even follow me. Hey, I was and, one and of them. I was going to say, my those fans man. were Alex Gelhar right over there behind the glass. Hi. Well, they photoshopped James Coe's face over you on your selfie of Allen Robinson True. and also cropped his name over yours on your podcast that was logo, funny. The that Backyard was Banter, was... available on thebackyardbanter.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Oh, you got a little promo. Thank <laughs> you. Was... It rapidly became apparent that you were crumbling under the pressure. Oh, my God. You responded on Twitter.com with a Mr. Krabs blurry meme. <laughs> your headshot reserve, received the crying Jordan treatment. Oh. No surprise there. You began an out-of-control downward spiral. Out of control? I'm almost done. Oh. <laughs> Thankfully. The worst part? All of this happened mere moments before you had to cram into a small, stuffy studio to record a Tyler Lockett hit for an NFL Now segment hosted by none other than James D. Coe. At James D. Coe on Twitter. Oh, my God. On camera, the tension was palpable, but you worked through it well, and I commend you for that. We're both professionals. Thank you. Okay. But you may not be aware of the effect that this incident has had on the fantasy stronghold, and to be selfish, myself as well. Even though most of this happened yesterday, I haven't eaten in weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a you problem. (laughs) I'm a shell of the man I was before the incident. I can't think, write, or sleep, and I've spent the last of my life savings at Kinko's on flyers to post around Los Angeles asking for tweets in support of your Josh Gordon takes. Oh, my God. You may not know this, but we've grown apart in the hours, days, weeks, and months since the incident yesterday. I don't know how much longer I can hang on. Please, for my sake, make amends with James D. Coe at James D. Coe on Twitter. All right. Now, now Marcus, I'm done. Um, Marcus I'm done. has some additional thoughts he needs to share with oh you, James. That, so. is, that is the longest piece you've ever written. Yeah. Hey, this is it's possible. This is about you and Matt right now. So, Marcus. Um, James? Oh, my God. I, I, I want to start by letting you know that this isn't easy for me. Oh, my God. What's but it? I want you to know that you are loved and you are in a safe space. I also want you to know that I understand why you felt why you had to say what you said about Matt. <laughs> you know, it was either Frederick Nietzsche or Michael Irvin who said, Father Time is undefeated. Eventually, Dad Bod comes for us all. Before you know it, some hotshot kid with great hair, a hipster great hair. beard, yep. photogenic dog, yep. and an overly detailed but cleverly internet-branded evaluation mechanism yes. designed to predict the variance of outcomes for a position <laughs> quickly becoming oversaturated with talent starts to steal a little bit of your shine. Okay. Boom. So what do you do? That's what it is. In a fit of jealousy, you use a national platform, heretofore off limits to this young man, and you use it to lash out at him. Sure. In the moment, it got a laugh. And maybe I made an extra effort to make sure the video team clipped it so we could all post it on <laughs> Twitter know, exactly. and have ourselves a good time. But that, maybe. Is, that is beside the point. It's like you, you let it live on. The point is, James, <laughs> words hurt. And they don't just hurt the person they're directed at. They hurt us all. You said I ethered him. I didn't ether him. You know, as far back as I can remember. I felt, I felt ethered. I always wanted to be part of a group. I always wanted to belong. Okay. And when we formed the Fantasy Stronghold, I knew I had found something special. All right. Eventually, our Fantasy 4-pack expanded (laughs) to add new members, including you, James. That's true. Before long, we were a whole case. 
We were the champagne of fantasy beers. We were living the high life. Oh, yeah. Until Thursday, that is. <laughs> the party now is in jeopardy because <laughs> one of our bottles is broken. And when one <laughs> bottle is broken, it risks saturating the entire case and making it unstable for the rest of the bottles. We have to help fix the broken bottle, James. That is a great analogy. I mean, did you ever stop to think that maybe some of us could be jealous of you? As a kid growing up in the Bay Area, I roared for the California Golden Bears. Okay. I wanted handles like Jason Kidd. I wanted to coach like Todd Bozeman. I wanted to grab a slice at Blondie's Pizza and shop at Rasputin Records every single day. Were it not for the fact that Berkeley was just far too close to home, and that I was accepted at a far superior athletic Pac-12 school, I could have been a Golden Bear <laughs> just like you. This is... And we're no matter slander no matter how jealous I was that you or any other Cal alum for that matter has never known the incredible burden of getting up early on New Year's Day to make sure you get a great tailgating <laughs> spot at the Rose Bowl. How dare you! <laughs> I held my tongue. <laughs> envy, envy what is an envy is an oh. evil monster if you don't keep it in check, James. What a instead. I took joy in knowing that we both held the same disdain for that grotesque mockery of a tree in Palo Alto. That is true. And that we both wondered why that college in Westwood couldn't get its own damn fight song. That's, uh, that's accurate. <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> we might give each other a hard time. That's, that's what family does. When you wore a jean jacket to work, we had jokes. <laughs> we had lots of jokes. We had lots and lots oh of jokes. Oh, my God. But they remained amongst us in the stronghold. <sighs> and, and the few thousand people who saw it on Twitter. On Twitter. Or the tens of thousands more who might have heard us talk about it on the podcast. Right. But that's it. That's as far as it went. Right. Trillions. Not the trillions <laughs> on television. <laughs> but you, James Coe, you went to a national television <laughs> audience with your slights. That is a bridge too far. A wise man once told me, you can't chew your food if you don't have any teeth. I don't know how that applies to the situation. It just popped in my head while I was writing this. I was up late. Is I was Matt Harmon going to punch me in the face? I should have. No, no, no. No. Look, there is one thing I do know. Violence doesn't solve problems. Guys. And you know it, too. Okay. You know it, too, James. You know that there is a sturdy golden bear, yeah. and he's watching from the skies. Okay. <laughs> what? what do you think he Oski's sees? dead now? I don't understand. <laughs> what do you think what he sees, talking about? James? Are his stalwarts girded for the fray? Will they strive for victory? Oh, uh, okay. Instead, right. you were I simply on the prowl, and from stage one, you fiercely growled. Uh, I did. Gurrah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yep, okay. The time to begin healing is now, James. Put away your petty jealousies, <sighs> banish any ill will from your heart, and know that no matter how much internet adore adoration Matt Harmon gets, <laughs> at least you never lived in West Virginia. <laughs> what? Neither have I! I'm asking you, James Cole, oh. to help us live up no. to the emotional blue-eyed soul lamentations of Steve Winwood and get us back in the high life again. Holy cow. We love you, James Coe. This segment we love we do. has so gone guys, on for so long. I, it long it went off the rails, but it's to a purpose. Can you two... By the way, uh, w this is not a surprise segment. It's only a surprise to two people <laughs> as well. Yes, and I know. only two. The two that needed to have this discussion. So can you guys now make amends for the sake of the <laughs> fantasy stronghold and bring us back first together of all, again? First of all, okay, people on Twitter need to call... Like, okay, like, it's, it's, it's much more fun to have the narrative... Like, I don't like the fact that Harmon is ruining the narrative by saying, oh, James Coe helped me out. Like, no, that's not a great narrative. I, it's a better narrative that we hate each other. 
That's the better name. I sorry, James. I don't fend off negativity. <laughs> I I I don't feed off that. You guys, I feed off now to just listen to the last fifteen minutes of this podcast. Very <laughs> listen, emotional, heartfelt I was, letters. I was oh to be to be clear. Uh, one of my daily <laughs> daps happening? was going to be to James Co. Oh, uh, for his. For, and I'm not going to touch uh, you while I say. Okay, all right. I was going to be was going to be to James Co. Okay, for you. literally lifting reception perception up into video form for. Knocking heads around figuratively, yes. not literally, because yep. violence, violence all bad. Right. <laughs> to get it to that point, I was going to daily dap my friend to that. But it, listen, if you want the narrative to continue that we hate each other, it can. I think truth. it's a better truth. Narrative. Truth. But I like truth. But I like truth because okay. I do love you. Okay. Truth. And that's how truth I feel. Is I hope you hate each other. I hope this session spoke to both of you, and if need be, we will bring it back in the future. Worst, uh, n- easily the worst segment we've done. Great. Right. Daily daps. <laughs> daily daps. That's the extra real about it. This is the daily. Oh my god, what did we do? This, I don't know. I, that was we, we changed lives. Jay. Is this podcast going to be like three hours We changed long? some lives. It's, it's, it's slightly over so, an hour at the moment. Okay. But. All right, daily daps. Let's do it. Marcus Grant, give me one. Uh, I just have one today. Um, I want to daily dap my sister. It is her birthday. Hey, nice. Hey. Happy so birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Shields. I love you. Um, you're not going to like this, but you'll always be my little sister. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, we will talk soon. Hopefully I will see you soon. But I love you, and happy birthday. Franchise, Daily Dap. Uh, all right. To my favorite band. One of my favorite bands right now is called Glass Animals. Ooh, and they have some new music good. coming in an album, I think, later next month. Uh, check them out on Spotify. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Alex Gellar, what's good for me? Uh, I got a Daily Dap. Brandon McGinnis, the Irishman, who's uh, the producer of the ATN podcast because he helped hook me up with both those songs. Uh, the long version of your your rant on um, NFL Network, and now just this one that we have forever. Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. So <laughs> yeah, whenever, sure that won't come in handy. <laughs> whenever we need that one, we've got it. So daily dab to the Irishman, <laughs> Brandon McGinnis, for forever instilling this in the Fantasy Live podcast. Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. I love Great. it. Great, I love it. Matt Harmon, give me one. So I'm gonna actually have a sister-related uh, daily dab as well. Uh, my sister has a uh, has a dog as well. Uh, he's a. a Actually, more of like a horse, uh, which is <laughs> shocking that I'm, you know, about 6'2", 6'3", 210 pounds with this tiny little 13-pound dog. And she's, you know, a, a normal-sized female with this behemoth of an animal. But he just got his uh, operation oh. to uh, make sure he does not uh, create more horses. Create more horses. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, this dog is a monster. I, I can't get over how big he is. But uh, so she call- she was texting and calling me two days ago like, Oh my God, he's all depressed looking, and he just looks so he's not doing anything. I was like, "Em, that's what happens." I was like, "You just cut his nuts off." That's <laughs> <all>. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you expect to happen? That's so a hard time. But so she, t- I got the update from her yesterday. Bentley, the dog's name, is okay. is doing very well, and he's back to being a complete and total uh, terror of a of a creation. So uh, daily daps to to Bentley and Emily, my sister, uh, my younger sister. They're they're, um, they're pulling through this tough time together. Lovely da- daily daps to. Uh, uh, Matt Harmon's followers, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's like this got out on Twitter and bo- the mentions for me just got lit. I mean, it was crazy. It's crazy how much they come to your defense. I'm they, like, It is amazing. They love me more than anybody that's ever met me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they haven't met you in like, real life. Yeah, combined. Well, there's some people that have met me in real life, and I've been able to trick them as well. But, it is amazing. Uh, your Twitter followers just came after yeah, me. Yeah, shout, shouts to them, man. They, uh, they are a passionate bunch. The, the majority of the trillions. Them. The majority of the trillions. <laughs> right. The majority of the trillions. I like it. So, uh, But uh, I got another daily app. Uh, how about Cal? I, I know I 
daily dap them all the time, but actually I don't. But Why not? Uh, here's the thing. Cal is doing a Marshawn Lynch bobblehead giveaway. Oh, my Phenomenal. God. This that is, is great. I want Phenomenal. one Phenomenal. so bad. The bobblehead is Marshawn Lynch on the injury cart <laughs> rolling around. But this is a callback yes. to when Cal beat Washington. This is the Cal-Washington game. This is back when Cal beat Washington, when Marshawn Lynch was on God. the team. And in the post-victory celebration, he was rolling around. He was driving it. He basically he was driving it. Ghost ride the whip. He was ghost riding the injury cart. <laughs> <laughs> it was so field. cool. It's an amazing video. You Just do like Marshawn Lynch injury, injury cart, cart on yep. YouTube and you'll find it. And, and that is... That's beast mode, right? That's such a brilliant bobblehead. Like, I saw it. I have no affinity for – I mean, they gave me Aaron Rodgers for the Packers and right, stuff, right. but I was like, I will pay a stupid amount of money for <laughs> one of those. get one of these. Like, if somebody gets That's one or I'm they saying. get a couple and they're like, oh, we've got one in our house. We don't need the other one. Hit me up on Twitter. Like, um, yep. It's uh, So, props to them. What a creative so bobblehead. Clever. So clever. So creative. It's so good. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's uh, – so, by, by the way, before we yeah. get out of here, uh, Andre Johnson just signed with the Titans. Yeah. This, and, and this to, is the thing that happened. I was going to say, yeah, to quote Marcus Grant's quote tweet on the matter, here's a thing that happened. Oh, oh boy. All right, well, breaking news. Uh, sign up today, uh, NFL.com slash DraftKit. Watch ITC. Uh, and for the family, keep rating and uh, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. There you go. For the Whisket from Wisconsin, for the Beard franchise, for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and Matt Harmon, the wide receiver guru. I'm James Go. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.